Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What's up, guys? Not much. How are you doing today? You're All the right. one that got up super fucking early to go do squats. Yeah. <laughs> you killed it with those squats this morning, too. Yeah, they feel really good. Like, I, it, it's crazy to think I was just joking with you guys this morning. Like, my, my squats quickly catch my deadlift. Now, like you said, there's a lot of things that I can still make changes to my deadlifts that'll hurt to improve those, but it, it's feeling really, really good. It's cool when you're starting to hit PRs every single week. That's always a good feeling, um, especially with where you're at right now. Uh, three plates for you is coming real fucking soon. Real soon. That's real really soon. exciting. Yeah, it, it, it's just wild how fast it progressed. Like I remember, I used to hate squats. Like I, anytime, like at least barbell squats. Like I used to do, like goblet squats and things like that. And like, yeah, it was like okay, but like I used to just hate squats because I used to think I wasn't good at them, and I like, told myself I wasn't good at them, so I hated doing them. See, that's what I always tell people too. Is like especially when you're getting into powerlifting or getting into lifting in general. Um, you always start out hating legs or like hating squats <laughs> because be- it's difficult. Yeah, because they're they're really fucking hard. So when you actually start to like them, that's when I'm like, welcome, you've made it. You're here. You're part of the community yes. now. You're one of us. And there's something about squats too, where like knowing that weight is on your back, that's just intimidating sometimes. Yeah, having that weight. I, that's why. It's one of my favorite. I mean, obviously, deadlift's always going to be my favorite yeah. just because yep, it's, agreed. like, by far my best. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Bench is stupid. If you're good at it, I'd be embarrassed anyways. Whatever. We're not talking about that. Um, but even though this person, Maddie, I just pointed at her. You can't see that. Um, just hit a 215-pound bench PR, which Let's is go. fucking insane. My mind is still blown. <laughs> but squat, there's something just, like, primal about yes. putting heavy weight on your back and, like, well, I'm either coming up or I'm not. Yeah, yeah. It, it just yeah. it just felt so good. Like, like you, as soon as you actually make it, like, past that, I don't know what you call it, like, the breaking point of, like, you know, you know you're either not going to make it up or you will. Yeah. And, like, once you get past that point, you're just like, yes, like, let's go. Yeah, like, yes. it just feels so yeah. good. See, and that's where I think so many people get it wrong on their, their fitness journeys is they're like, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss. But – I say this all the time. If you ever hear any of my content, people do not spend enough time building fucking muscle. And building muscle is the most underrated thing for change. You can do whatever fucking diet. You can lose as much weight as you want. But building muscle is the most underrated thing for your physique. If you stay at the same weight, same body fat levels, but you put 10 pounds of muscle on, you're going to look so much different Mm -hmm. than where you're at right now. That and getting strong is fun as hell. I was going to say, it's a fun process. Like when you start to be able to do stuff that you've never been able to do. And I, again, I say this all the time when you're able to, to start to overcome some barriers in the gym, like, like you uh, hitting PRs every single week, like that shit is so, I hate motivation, but that shit is so motivating. Oh, 100% it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I jokingly, I've told you guys, like there's days when I really don't want to go to the gym. There's days like, like even the other day when I had like an awful bench day, I mean, well, every day for me feels like an awful <laughs> bench day, but the other Same. day when I just wasn't feeling it, I, I just like, every time I have those days, I just remind myself like, Hey, I, I just, I, I picture my mind, like I'm really good. I love visualization. And like I just really visualize myself like stepping on the platform, getting ready to compete, and it's yes. just like it's like I'm doing this so I can eventually step on the platform one day and compete. See, mm-hmm. and I love that. And I think the coolest and most underrated thing about lifting and exercise and body transformation is this shit is really fucking hard. And if you can start to do this and you start to overcome, like like you and I, I never thought losing 100 pounds was no. was 
something that I could ever do. I thought that was impossible. Uh, you never thought that lifting 500 pounds was was possible, and you're yeah. really close to doing that at this point. I never point. set foot in the gym until I graduated college. Yeah, and like <laughs> so. we're, we're all doing stuff that we never, our old self never thought that we could. And I think that that's really cool from a fitness perspective, but also from a life perspective. I think that once you start to overcome those barriers and realize like I can accomplish so much more than I ever thought possible, like you start to see that transcend into other areas of your life, work, relationship, life, everything. It's not just fitness. Like this is so much more than just fitness in the long term. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's just, you know, and, and I wanted to touch on, you know, not to really like go down like a quick rabbit hole, make this really quick, but like, I love, and I'm going to be talking about more about this on an upcoming podcast with um, Jenna Bruno, but, you know, just like the fact of like putting fat loss on a pause for a little while mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. being okay with putting a little bit of weight to be able to put on muscle. Like I, I, I definitely have like this common, like, like every day struggle inside my head. Like it starts when the morning, when I step on the scale, I'm like, damn, that's heavier than I want to be right now. But then I go to the gym, I'm like, damn, that's some heavy ass weights that I'm listening right now. So it just, it's that constant battle. But right now I just have to remember I'm voluntarily putting myself into this place where I can lift really, really heavy and I can always lose weight later. And I think that that's, especially coming from like our background, like with your background, like you came from more of an under eating, like underweight background from someone that came from an overweight background. Like, I don't care how much progress you've made, like intentionally not trying to lose weight is one of the hardest mental things. It is a mental mind fuck. And it just, it's crazy how you've spent so long of your life like overweight like i just want to lose weight i want to be smaller to like i'm gonna bulk i'm gonna intentionally eat more it just feels so wrong and like it's counterintuitive yeah it's such a it's you've programmed yourself for so long to be like no where where on the dieting industry where in the dieting industry do you ever see people talking about gaining weight like that's not a thing like Mm -mm. it's like it's it's not talked about enough it's but. all weight loss weight loss weight loss and that's yes. why so many yeah. people struggle with weight loss is because they're only focused on weight loss like, I, I get so get pumped up about this <laughs> but like all people want is weight loss weight loss weight loss but if yeah. you just took a little bit of time to not pursue weight loss like when you go back into a fat loss phase it is going to be a breeze for you because you spent so much time building muscle building strength improving your relationship with food improving your relationship with the scale improving your relationship with yourself improving your metabolism improving your hormonal profile like when you go into a deficit that shit's gonna fly off and then you could lose only 10 or 15 pounds and look so much different yeah. because you spent yeah. so much time building, building muscle. muscle. And that shit is so underrated. <laughs> now let's go, let's go deadlift. <laughs> yeah, let's go. We're already lifting heavy weights. <laughs> you know that TikTok? It's like, I feel the the, the manliness. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, what is I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to war. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's it. That's it right Where there. It's like a woman opening a jar or something. <laughs> that's how I feel right now. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, so those of you who are um, listening in, so, you know, this is, I know we just kind of jumped right into this. Um, and, you know, I feel like we, we should, should probably introduce ourselves. Say, too. We should yeah. probably do a quick introduction. We, so this is going to be like a quick collaboration. And, you know, I guess to really explain, because you guys haven't heard, um, I just, this, so this is Brevin and Maddie. What um, up? <laughs> Hello. And, and, you know, and I'm on their podcast and they're on mine today. We're just kind of doing a little collab here. But um, the reason is, and this may happen more often, at least I would love for it to happen more often because um, I, I just, think we can fit you in our schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now that we're all living together. Yeah, you do live across the hall. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, I just moved in with um, Maddie and her husband and Brevin moved in with us. And we're all just kind of hanging out here until Australia for the World Powerlifting Competition when Maddie's going to Australia. Yes, yes. Still so exciting. But anyways... 
I just want to throw it out there uh, so that you may definitely get some more collaborations in the future with all of us, especially these. Committees. If you're lucky, <laughs> <laughs> they might let right. me on theirs. I, I I would love to have them on my podcast. We'll see if I live up to the standards. I'd be on their podcast. See, the Unfuck Your Health podcast is pretty exclusive. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I'm the Chasing Health podcast. We'll have to, we'll have to ask the fans. <laughs> Two best podcasts in the industry. Put my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're bringing a Q&A at you from my basement. I guess that means we should shut up. <laughs> yeah, I think yep, so. Yeah, that's my cue. That's my cue. All right. Moving forward. So we got a Q&A. Um, ready to go for the first question? Yeah. All right. Let's go for it. Um, how much protein should you eat per meal and how, much, and how to get more protein into your normal days? Yeah, uh, I think that's a great question. Um, so the way I like to take this approach is – how much protein are you consuming per day? Let's see if I can do math here. Math's really hard. Cool. I'm um, glad I let you. Guess <laughs> so let's say let's say easy number, man. Easy number. Yeah, yeah, 100. <laughs> let's say we're eating 160 grams of protein per day, and we're gonna eat four meals. We're gonna divide that by four, and you're gonna try to get about 40 grams for pro, 40 grams of protein per meal. That makes sense, right? Yes. That's the math. Okay, cool. I don't I don't have my calculator with me. Um, but essentially all you're doing is taking how many cal or how many grams of protein you're eating per day and you're dividing that by how many meals you plan to eat or want to eat. And then it makes it really easy. If at one meal, meal one, you don't have enough protein, then at meal two, three, and four, you just have a little bit more protein. Or if you have a little bit more protein at meal one, then you can have a little bit less protein at meal two, three, and four. And I think this really works for creating a lifestyle around this as well. Because if you're like, hey, I'm going to go out. Well, that's probably going to be a pretty heavy carb and fat meal and a lot less protein. So meals one, two, and three, why don't you front load protein a little bit? You can get a little bit more protein. Yeah. And I would also say like add like another way to get in the protein easier is I feel like how many times do we like see like the serving size is three to four ounces yeah. and it's like you can eat more than that. Like, I mean, like, I mean, I know you and we, we've been joking and <laughs> saying that like we are eating too much darn protein in this household lately. It's just like we can't keep up with it. But like, I mean, like you're allowed to eat more than four ounces of protein. You're going to have to if you want to get your goal. Well, and I think that that kind of goes into the second part of the question. Like, how do I get in more protein? And I think a a or one, whatever um, <laughs> the most common thing that people struggle with is overcomplicating how to get in your protein. So a couple steps that I normally tell people is like, okay, number one is do exactly that. Can you have a little bit more protein at each meal that you're currently having? More than likely, yes, unless you're me, Chase, or Maddie, then we're eating eight to 12 ounces of protein at each meal anyways. Yeah. Gosh. So <laughs> I don't want to think about it. <laughs> so we're already having that, but we've, we've maxed out how much we can have per meal eating 16 or 18 ounces of protein each meal isn't really going to be beneficial for us. It's just going to hurt our stomach. Yeah, but ouch. can we max out how much we're having per meal? Now, number two is, can we maximize the protein source that we're having? So if you're having like 85, 15 ground beef, can we have 96, four ground beef? Mm -hmm. Now you're getting more protein per calorie. So again, you're not changing up your meal even a little bit for these first two steps but you're getting in more protein at each meal, doing the exact same thing that you're currently doing. And then number three that I normally give people is, okay, if you've maxed out what you're currently doing, do we need to add in a protein snack, a protein shake, or do we need to add in another meal that's centered around protein and spread it out a little bit more? So like if you're like, okay, well eating 50 grams of protein at one meal, it's not bad for you, it's not going to affect you in any way, but like it just makes you too full, then let's spread that out a little bit. And I think that one, um, thing in the industry, one misconception in the industry is like, there's a max amount of protein that you can eat 
eat at each meal and that's just not true you're going to digest and absorb whatever protein that you have whatever protein that you consume it's not like oh well once you hit 40 grams of protein per meal your body shuts off and just pisses out the protein like that's not how it works <laughs> yeah and, and and i'm glad you brought up the protein supplementation because i know i've had a lot of clients come to me to say like oh i don't think i'm allowed to have you know i i, I want to have a protein shake a day but i don't know if i can have that and like I'm, i tell them like yes the majority of your protein should come from whole food sources absolutely yeah. that is our end goal but if you're really struggling that that 30 gram you know 30 50 gram um of protein shake that you could have could really help you reach your goals and so i say as long as it's working with inside your calories like by all means go right ahead but if you're someone who's struggling with um eating enough food and staying full or, or with hunger having hunger issues then you should probably try to focus on eating more actual food sources yeah i think this is something like even for for maddie here um she her issue is is more like getting enough food in like she has to yeah. eat so much food that sometimes it's hard to get that food in she's just not hungry so having a protein shake to get in those extra calories to get in that extra protein is beneficial or if you're someone who's been chronically dieting and your hunger hunger hormones hunger cues are all over the place well then and you're just not hungry but you know you need to get in that protein because it's kind of a catch-22 you're not hungry because you have been under eating but you need to eat more but you're not hungry a protein shake right there isn't going to fill you up as much, but it's going to get you calories and it's going to get you protein in, which is going to help with your hunger cues long term. Yeah. And that yeah. also helps me with drinking the calories or drinking the protein, too, is like sometimes I, I really do struggle with eating, just eating in general. Um, and that's where drinking the calories, drinking the protein just makes it easier for me to consume. It's not as hard on my brain, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, but. and actually, I, I, I want to pick your range for one second because I feel like I've had a lot of clients come to me with this problem that I think would be you know really interesting to hear is, did you ever have the time when you told yourself you're too full to eat anymore and you really struggled to eat more, but it was more of like a mind thing? Like, like you really could eat more, but like, did you ever just like tell yourself, like, I can't eat more, but you very well Oh, definitely. Especially coming from your under-eating back. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so like, definitely, like, there's been... And it, it's still there. There's kind of this like barrier in my mind where it's like, I feel full, I should stop. Mm -hmm. um, because I don't want to feel, feel overly full because I always have had that like conception uh, in my head where um, if you're overly full, you're eating too much. But honestly, with the sport that I'm doing, I need to be eating, I need to be full so I'm not hungry in the next hour. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is the feeling of, again, going back to our beginning talk yeah. of like, diet 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 people struggle with the the mindset of like it's okay to feel full like you should feel full you're not a rabbit you don't need to eat four pieces of lettuce and be like oh my god i'm starving but i got some calories in <laughs> or or they eat the four pieces of lettuce and and seriously convince themselves like yeah. I, i'm full like i can't eat anything else and yeah. it's like you can and i've had i've had to have that really hard conversation with a few clients from just like listen like i get it that you're struggling to get past that 1200 calories but I really need for you to eat more. And whether it's, we need to think of like, you know, like peanut butter or seeds or nuts mm -hmm. or, you know, things that we can get in that are really low volume and high calorie. Uh, or, one of my favorites for that is honey, Gatorade, yeah. um, drinking those calories, drinking like a protein stuff. shake. Yes, I've been um, drinking Gatorade. Sauces, <laughs> things like that that'll get in those calories. But I think, I know we're kind of on a tangent here, but I think that uh, one of the things that people don't consider um, especially coming from more like our background is when you chronically have those 1200 calorie diets and you're like barely eating because you're afraid to feel full. And I mean, trust me, I've been there. You're like, if you feel full, like, oh my God, I'm going to gain weight again. Like that's mm -hmm. the last thing I want. Like that's such a mind fuck is that's what ends up leading you to gain weight because you do that for a week. You do that for a couple days and all of a sudden like you go on a binge and you eat 5,000 calories and then you restrict 
because you're like, oh my God, I need to make up for that. And then you end up binging and it's just a really, really vicious cycle. And it would not happen nearly as much if you didn't just restrict yourself in the beginning. Yeah. And, and, and before we move on to the next question, there's just like a random um, fact that you told me the other day that I had never heard before. And I just, and we don't need to go like super sciencey into it. Cause I know like my, <laughs> that people don't want to hear all the science behind it, <laughs> but I do think it was really interesting. And I, I know none of us like prefer drinking egg whites, but can, oh, you, can, but can you go into this discussion for anyone who feels like you have to like, you know, chug some egg whites in your smoothie in the morning or whatever it may be. Can you share what you told me the other day? Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's been like a really with freaking TikTok. that's been a really popular oh trend of like oh, i'm getting protein because I'm, I'm a man uh, i'm gonna get strong and they're I'm gonna go war yeah. and you see people like drinking egg whites because i mean egg whites are a fantastic source of protein but egg whites are only 50 percent bioavailable when they're not cooked um it's 40 or 50 percent bioavailable when they're not cooked so like you're not they're only five grams of protein per serving so you're just drinking this nasty disgusting white liquid and barely getting any benefit like you have to drink so much of it like an entire bottle to really get a protein benefit from it when they're uncooked so just spend the extra five minutes and cook them and they become like 90 95 percent bioavailable which means that the protein is actually available for your body to utilize Nice. So drinking those does absolutely nothing. Just like back in the day with Arnold drinking eggs, like that shit's so gross. <laughs> you don't need don't to do how. that stuff. I promise. I promise you, you don't need to do that. If you think you need to, you're way overcomplicating getting protein in. Yeah. yeah. When I say drink your calories, don't drink your egg whites, my people. <laughs> oh, God. Awesome. What's next? <laughs> All right. Next we got, I'd love to hear about when you went from unsustainable diets to an eating approach that you can do for the rest of your life and love and hear what makes you wait what is it and love to hear what made you make that change reading's hard yep yep <laughs> derp yeah so, so i mean i, I mean i kind of hit the highlights here on my side of the journey it was like it was basically like i've always been the yo-yo dieter and like i you know i tried whatever fad diet was like the pop popular at the time whether it was atkins or you know before, you know, before keto was cool and um or what so cool <laughs> speaking of that i just want to throw like a random stupid thing in there i told you about this oh, yeah i was searching like arrow on instagram yesterday to like make a like swipe on my story and there was a fucking keto arrow Please stop oh. doing keto. It's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, you know, I tried all the different diets. You know, you know, every time I would lose 20, 30 pounds, feel like I was on top of the world. And then like, um, and then of course I would just hit a plateau and then I would be like, just like, fuck this. I'm, I'm done with this. And I would just throw it in the towel. And next thing you know, I was, you know, gaining more weight, gaining all the weight back and then some more. And so that was one of my biggest things. And then finally, what made the really the big change was when one of my coworkers and friends, um, at the time was, um, she challenged me to weight loss challenge and that was what really prompted it all and honestly like i still say to this day i didn't expect to be anything different i figured it was just gonna be another fat diet because i had started doing intermittent fasting at that same time and like 150 pounds later yeah <laughs> <laughs> um i i really just thought it was gonna be nothing like i thought it was just gonna be another just another diet with my friend competition and it really just what clicked was like when i started actually learn more about like what a calorie deficit was and what calories were calories in versus calories out food quality like that you don't have to do any fad diet any named diet to be able to lose weight and then once i hired my first coach and just like really just kind of propelled from there and you know still working with i've worked with multiple coaches since then and it's really been helpful for me but like that's basically how i made my initial switch was just like this time and to think about like the long-term things it's just 
realizing that I'm playing the long game, you know, yes, it'd be great to lose say, you know, 10 pounds in a week or like, yes, it'd be great to lose hundred pounds in a month. But like, that's just not going to happen. And if, if it does, you either have to chop a leg off or you're going to get it right back <laughs> in no time. So, you know, back in the day, I considered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I right. Which one of my legs weighed hundred pounds? Pure muscle. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so like, I just think about, you know, think long-term, like what, what is going to support me long-term? I, I love saying the saying that, um, you know, 90 year old, you could care less whether it takes you two months to lose the weight or two years the time's gonna pass anyways exactly mm -hmm. exactly so like i would rather just make this a sustainable approach and make it last long term but what about you <laughs> i think about this all the time and i think back and i'm like wow i wish i had a cool story like that um <laughs> i feel like mine was kind of a shit show to start with um i accidentally lost my first 10 pounds just by walking around michigan state because it's such Love a big campus and i went home for a weekend and i weighed myself i was like oh shit I'm under 300 pounds for the first time in forever. I was like, nice. What did I do? Um, okay. <laughs> uh, I don't really know. And at this point, like my nutrition was absolute garbage. I was in a really, really vicious binge restrict cycle. I was eating like one meal a day and then like hoarding Taco Bell into my dorm and like shamefully eating it and then like not eat the next day. And like, I had no idea what I was doing. I remember at one point I was doing, I never did like a ton of the diets with a name. Um, I, I was doing stuff like I'm eating 12 eggs a day because eggs are healthy and like I don't know what else healthy food to eat. Like I'll eat chicken. Green I'll eat beans. a can of green beans for <laughs> yeah, dinner. Like I'm not beans. kidding. I was broke and fat and I was like I don't want to be either of these things anymore. Green beans are cheap and healthy. Let's eat a can of green beans for dinner. And like I had no idea what the fuck I was doing at the time. Um, I'm kind of a psycho. Um, we I know we say don't go all or nothing and stuff like that. And – I went all or nothing here and I, 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 too. I switched my major to exercise science. I was like, I'm going to fucking learn about this. I was like, I, I, I'm so, there's so much crappy information out there and I'm like, I'm reading all this stuff and like, none of it makes sense. Like I tried intermittent fasting a little bit. I guess it was like the, the biggest like name diet that I tried and I was like, this is stupid. I like breakfast. Mm -hmm. Like breakfast is my favorite meal of the day. Why would I not eat it? Mm -hmm. um, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. None of the stuff in the industry was really making sense to me. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to get an exercise science degree. I'm going to learn about it. And I, I was remember being in my nutrition class and I was like, macros, those are cool. Okay. <laughs> so I can, I should eat more. And then uh, kind of similar to you, one of my friends, uh, shout out justice. Um, she kind of got me into like tracking calories and macros a little bit. And I was like, this is kind of dope. So, um, I was like, well, I should, I should keep doing this. I, I kind of like doing this. Uh, and then I hired a coach and it just kind of, from there, I started taking a more like lifestyle approach to it and kind of having that food freedom. And it's been a long road of like, no food is good or bad. Like I can eat this stuff and not feel guilty. Like for, I remember for the longest time it was stupid. Like I was like, ice cream is so unhealthy. So like, I just convinced myself and everyone else around me that I didn't like ice cream. And like, <laughs> I love ice cream. And I just never ate it because it's like, I don't want people to see me eating that because it's unhealthy and they're going to think I'm unhealthy, even though I'm 300 pounds. Like they already see, see that anyways, mm -hmm. but like, it's just such a mind game. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my story was kind of a clusterfuck, but it, it really was like, I dove into it. Cause I was like, I'm sick of not knowing the right answer. And like, I, I need to know the right answer. And really the right answer is like, do what you can like and what you can sustain long-term. And it's as simple as that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, the real, the real thing that really sparked my like transformation change, even mentally, was um, pretty much it was going to Grand Valley, and I was on the rowing team. And with that, I won. I had a community of my teammates where we were all kind of, well, 
positively and negatively influencing each other in college. But obviously, um, at that point, I was rowing every day. We had practice every day, maybe a day or two off on the weekends. Um, so I was hungry. So one thing, I was hungry. And then also, I was around my teammates. So after practice, we would go to campus, and we'd usually go to the buffet. So And we would be eating, and I'd be around other people that were eating, and we were there to fuel our bodies, too. So that's something that really helped me overcome that, like, mental barrier of, like, just not really restricting, but just not eating enough. I think if you take away anything from those three stories, and we didn't plan this at all, uh, which I think is really cool, um, is having a community, having a person, yes. having someone there for you. Um, to support you having a support system is fucking huge on your fitness journey I think mm -hmm. that's one of the most underrated things on your journey is Having a support system of someone there that cares about you That's going to continue to push you and just be there for you when days are hard or things are tough someone to help you with the knowledge the support and just Be there 100%. Yeah, yeah, I agree All right, the next question I cannot seem to get back on track with my food. So if you have a client who keeps failing over and over with this, how do you handle them? I have a history of binge eating as well. I'll just yeah. start with this. Yeah, so I mean it's 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 very common. And you know, I think first just acknowledging that, you know, thank you for like asking that question because it's not an easy question to, you know, admit to that you're struggling with. I mean, we've I know a lot of us have had the similar struggles that you know here. Um, I think the biggest thing here is like, are you doing too much? And yes. I think a lot of people, they want to be perfect right now. They want to be losing weight, but it's like right now, if you don't have a healthy relationship with food, it's probably not the best time to try to be dieting because the more you restrict, the more it's just going to lead to a binge, then it's going to lead to guilt. And then you're going to go back to restricting and you get into endless binge restrict um, guilt cycle. And it is really hard to get out of when you're still trying to lose weight. hundred percent. And I think that. Um, a lot of people when they start a fitness journey or like I'm trying to lose a hundred pounds they're like oh my god that's so much and they try to do everything at once you try to focus on your protein your calories you try to focus on eating healthy quote-unquote healthy you try to focus on your water your steps your sleep your caffeine intake supplements like you try to focus on so many things and like you might be able to do it for a week or two maybe even a month but then all of a sudden you get overwhelmed and you're like oh my god you miss one thing you're like, I failed. I fucked up. I can't do it anymore. And then you don't do anything. And and that's like people are starting at their ceiling. Like that's what you can do on your absolute best week. And you might be able to do that for a week or two, but then something happens, you fall off, and then it's a vicious cycle of like start and start and then you never reach your goal. Instead, what I like to recommend to people is like find your floor. So finding your floor is like what you can do on your worst week. So like everything goes to shit. Shit hits the fan. It's a really crappy week for you. You can still commit to these things. It might not be that much and that's okay because small steps in the right direction every single day are what's going to carry a long, big transformation. It's not big giant leaps and bounds like people think. You're not gonna lose 50 pounds in a day or a month sustainably, but you can lose 10 pounds in a month, five pounds in a month, and you can do that really sustainably for a long time still enjoy your life so find your floor find what you can do on your worst week commit to that get really consistent with that and then start to raise your floor because now 
you are starting. Like your worst week is better than it was a month ago, better than it was six months ago. So like you're never going to fall back down if you start at your floor and start to raise that. Build consistency with these few habits. Add another couple habits. Build consistency with that and start to raise your floor. Next thing you know, your floor is now raised to where your ceiling used to be and you're staying on track. You're staying committed with it. You're not constantly falling back and forth. And next thing you know, you lost 100 pounds. Yeah, exactly. And and to touch on the binge eating piece, you know, it binge eating, I always say we need to identify where is the binge eating come from. It usually comes from one of four different ways. It's either emotionally eating tied, it's tied to your identity. You are always constantly telling yourself, I am a binge eater. That's, you know, I, I binge eat, that's who I am. Um, or it could be tied to re uh, restriction, or it could be tied to you're just hungry, like you're not eating enough calories. And so, like, First, we need to identify which of these four reasons is it coming from. It's guaranteed it's probably coming from one of those four. So once we identify where that's coming from, then we can start taking that approach to yeah, those. For sure. And I, I think a lot of that, like I love those four, and I think a lot of it comes from two of them. Um, I think a lot of it comes from emotional eating or over restricting. Mm -hmm. And then the identity piece is kind of a backbone to yes. all of it. Like no matter who you are, what the reason is, like you have that backbone identity of like, I'm a binge eater. I binge eat. Cause I know that was me. Of course. Like I didn't necessarily like think, Oh, I do it because of emotions or I do it because of this. And I mean, now I look back and I'm like, okay, you did it because of this reason. But you, but you really try to convince yourself that it's just, that's who you were and there's no yeah. changing that. Yeah. I was like, yep, yeah, this is what I am. Like shamefully like i would never say to anyone i would never admit it but like you look back and you're like holy shit yeah i was definitely binge eating all the time because i was over restricting and i had this and i think it's not even always just one like some people have like it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and it's kind of the perfect storm There's and you add phases. all these things exactly it can be a different binge for each time so it's like identifying what that binge was, why it happened, and how to kind of go about it the next time and just not beating yourself up about it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, one of the – and like I mentioned about, you know, not trying to lose weight at this time. And it's so hard because, like, again, just like we've talked about multiple times throughout this podcast is it's, we're ingrained on trying to constantly lose weight. And so when you're constantly trying to lose weight, when you have to – one of the hardest decisions I've ever made when I was really – when I had a relapse of binge eating was – realizing I need to take a step back from dieting right now. And I really need to put my relationship with food focus right now on the forefront, because until I do that, no matter what progress I make, I'm going to sabotage myself later on and just end up binge eating and end up right back where I was at. I think one of my favorite things too, that you've ever said was like, it's not if it's when you relapse and binge yes. eating, like if you really have a binge eating issue, then like it's gonna happen. It's not about beating yourself up about that. It's realizing like, let's minimize that. Let's make sure that doesn't happen. And let's like, when it does, how did you feel before? What were your triggers? What was going on? Why did it happen? And how can we make sure that doesn't happen next time? How can we go about making some changes to this so that you don't put yourself in that position again next time? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Good, good for that question. All right. On to the next one. I'm drinking an energy drink and two cups of coffee each day, and I'm still struggling to keep my energy levels up. Is it okay to drink more, or is this already too much? That's it. Soft. <laughs> <laughs> As I sit here drinking my coffee. Life yeah. is a challenge on who can drink the most caffeine and not die. <laughs> I win. I'll let you take that one first. Uh, no, I think it's a great, uh, great question. Um, so I look at this in a couple different ways. Um, yes, we know there are effects of caffeine on the body. Um, we know that we shouldn't rely on caffeine. Um, I like to take a little bit of a different approach um, than some other people. So the way I look at it is like if you're not having negative effects from caffeine, then like 
caffeine's probably not your issue. Like if you can go off caffeine and be fine, then great. Like if you're not like every time I don't drink caffeine, I get a headache. Like I, I drink a lot of caffeine, but like I can drink caffeine at 7 PM and go to, go to bed. Um, that's I can, crazy for me. My body would not handle that. I can the same. stop drinking caffeine for six weeks and feel fine. I, I drink coffee because I enjoy the taste of coffee. I drink energy drinks because I enjoy the taste of the energy drink. It's never necessarily for the caffeine aspect of it. Um, but I think a lot of people use caffeine kind of as a crutch. Like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I need caffeine. Like, I mean, I've definitely said that before, but it really doesn't do that much for me. I yeah. wish it did more. Um, but if you're having energy issues let's look at other aspects of your fitness journey like are you eating enough are you sleeping well like what other things are happening that are causing that lack of energy it can even be something as much as like gut health gut health has a huge effect on energy levels mm -hmm. so like most of the time i find there's a deeper issue and caffeine just kind of a band-aid that people place on top of that so let's take a deep dive into why you don't have energy and let's start to fix those things kind of the, the shit no one really thinks about or the boring stuff. And if we need to pull back from caffeine, we will. Yeah, and also uh, one thing that I also recently heard, and I was actually talking to somebody about this on the phone a few weeks back, um, you know, some, the people that, you know, and if those of you are listening, if you if you think like you're one of those people where like, I have to have my caffeine in the morning or I'm not functioning, like don't talk to me before I have my coffee, like that kind of person, like I can't function. That's the first thing you do is reach for the cup of coffee in the morning. If that's you and you just feel like that's how you have to survive right now, maybe we need to take a step back and give yourself like an hour to 90 minutes in the morning without caffeine just even see what your body is like what how much energy do you really have yeah. we t and this all goes back to a lot of like you know identity and like psychology and like you know we think we need to have all this caffeine when we first get up in the mornings we think we can't survive without a cup of coffee we think we can't be productive until we've had any coffee but in all reality though like have you even given yourself a chance in the morning to wake up and see what does your natural body's energy feel like in the mornings so many people are waking up and literally grabbing that cup of coffee before they even open their eyes honestly mm -hmm. and they're not even seeing what their body is even how is how is your sleep even adding up to in the mornings if you haven't even given your chance to evaluate that yeah, yeah. literally just a band-aid on the issue exactly so. Yeah. so i think the biggest thing is taking a deep dive into like why do you have a lack of energy? And a lot of times, like, I, I don't find that it's necessarily a caffeine issue. I mean, some people drink ridiculous amounts of caffeine mm -hmm. and it's affecting digestion. It's affecting their sleep. It's affecting a lot of other things. Um, but if you have your water down and all this other stuff, there's probably a deeper root issue to that. Well, and I was going to just add to that. I mean, it, just like trying to like turn the words around a little bit. Like, it's not even like, if you're having an energy problem, it's not because you don't have caffeine. It's because you don't have something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like the caffeine That's is a good way to help look at with it. the energy. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't actually, like, if you don't not drink caffeine, that doesn't automatically give you no energy. You th Because think about it. Like, your energy level starts, you know, at this baseline, and caffeine is just going to raise it. So you should already have that baseline level of energy. And if you're not at that baseline, then something else is going on that we need to look, take, take a deeper look at, which are the things you mentioned. Yeah, and, and I think it's really cool to see, like, um, in some of my clients, um, we start to fix some of these boring issues, some of these deep-rooted issues that you might not necessarily think about, and all of a sudden, they're like, I have more energy than ever. Like, I'm not falling asleep at 2 p.m. Like, I feel really good in the gym, and you just have more energy than you ever thought, and you're like, I'm actually not even drinking that much caffeine right now. And it's like, as it's, it's simple as it is, like, that stuff's really life-changing, and you mm -hmm. don't even think about it. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it really is. Yeah, a lot of the times, even just adding those calories back into the day, 
Um, I'll get clients saying, I don't have that afternoon slump anymore, mm -hmm. or it's a lot less too. Mm -hmm. If you take one thing away from this Q&A, it's stop fucking dieting all year long, please. But man, that's so hard. Like, I it just, is. I mean, like, I, I, I just think about where I've been in my journey, and I just know out of all the people I talk to and the clients that I've talked to about like how hard it is to be okay with not dieting. And I think that's where having someone in your corner, whether it's a coach, whether it's a friend, whether it's a significant other, whether it's a gym partner, like having someone there for that support to be like, hey, it's okay. Let's look at wins outside of the scale. And I think this is where mm -hmm. it can get really, really powerful. Like I find when you have that issue, it's so much, so much focus on the scale. If we can start to take focus off like you right now, like if you've only focused on the scale, you're you're failing. Oh, absolutely, 100%. I, I think one of my favorite ways to look at this is like, when I first started with my very first coach in what, 2019, um, I was around 230 pounds. Right now, I'm like 212 pounds. That's and you're, 18 and you're pounds. at the end of a cut too. Yeah, exactly. That's mm -hmm. 12 pounds in in two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, three years. Math's freaking hard, man. <laughs> um, but if I looked at that and all I did was look at the numbers on the scale. And I mean, when I started this cut, I was 228. I, I, I'm a failure. I've done zero progress in three years. Like I am such a failure. Why am I, what am I even doing? But like back then I was struggling to squat like 225 or 315. And now I'm squatting <laughs> like close to 500. I was never even Same. considering deadlifting 600 pounds. Like I, I never, like my, my physique is so much yeah, different. Your body comp is so different. It's so much. I, I found a picture the other day of like the first progress picture I ever sent my coach. I'm like, who the fuck is that dude? Like yeah. what? And it's so much different, but like you start to look at wins outside of the scale and you're like, oh my God, like I'm having so much success. It's not even funny. So I think it really helps you work on that relationship with the scale and view wins outside of it like if i took measurements or progress photos or looked at my performance in the gym or even my biofeedback sleep hunger recovery energy digestion stress like that stuff is night and day different mm -hmm. and, and and also like i think another thing that i wanted to mention is you know when people start working with a coach like you or i or somebody else another coach a lot of times they go right into working with us and like okay i can start losing weight right now and you you think that's at what is as a coach a lot of people think when they join with the coach, that means I'm going to automatically start losing weight right away. But we are doing you a disservice if we don't do a proper assessment, evaluation, understanding where you're currently at and if your body is even ready for a dieting phase right now. Because if we automatically throw you into a dieting phase like you want us to do and you think that's what you need to do, we're probably just going to do more harm than good. And so I know you're going to kick and scream and throw a little hissy fit. And I don't mean anything bad to anybody <laughs> because I've, I've been that person myself. When when you hear you're not it's not ready to diet right now, but trust us. And I know like people say like, oh yeah, trust the process, like things like that. Like and I know it gets kind of old to hear that, but it's like guys like until you know what the process looks like, mm -hmm. you have nothing else to go off of. Well, so just right now, just trust us and go through this entire process and i think you need to change your perspective on it yes because you start with the coach because you're in a spot where you're so sick of being exactly. in that spot you're so sick of feeling the way you feel looking the way that you look you desperately want a change like you don't make that commitment to yourself unless you want to make that change so like why would we do the same thing you've been doing over and over and over again for the past two years and not having any success with like if we, that would be, like you said, a huge disservice to you to go in and be like, yep, let's do exactly what you were doing before. And let's see if it works this time. Even though we're changing nothing, let's just throw you in another die and see what happens. Like, no, 
we're going to take the long-term approach because we fucking care about your long-term success because we've been where you've been. Mm -hmm. We've walked in those shoes. Like, we understand, and it's not easy, and that's why having someone in your corner is so powerful. But if we we have to change the way that you've gone about it. We have to change your methods. We have to change your story. We have to change your life. But it can only happen if we do something different than you've been doing. Um, what is it? Albert Einstein said that like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different yep. result. We're like we're not going to do the same thing. That's why coaching with us is different. Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. I, I agree. Well guys, anything else you guys want to add? I think we rambled and talked enough. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, I know we have this music festival coming up this weekend, which we're all real super excited about. We'll be in Chicago this weekend for North Coast Music Festival. Pretty exciting. My first festival. This is my first multi-day festival. I've only gone to like a one-day concert. Got all these little babies with me. It's <laughs> all right. Rave Daddy will take care of you. <laughs> I still oh love gosh. that jersey. That's so funny that you got that one. <laughs> I got you. That's so funny. Put you on my back. Oh, awesome. It, before you know it, it's in, before you know it, guys, where we head to Australia? Yeah, we are. Yeah. It's, it's, as soon as uh, we get back from North Coast, I'm taking a deload week and heading straight into prep. I, I'm curious, just out of, you know, I just want to kind of put this out here. How are you feeling about Worlds right now? Honestly, I know I have a lot of things that I want to focus on through my prep. I think that's ultimately going to keep like my focus really honed in. Um, Cause obviously I know motivation only goes so far. So I'm just like finding this as my internal motivation to really be ready and honestly things are getting more and more real as we booked our flight as we're looking at airbnbs and hotels yeah. and all this stuff like shit is getting real close your ears we're bringing home the fucking gold baby <laughs> <laughs> oh i wanted to hear that <laughs> i'm excited to see how team usa as well as myself um as an individual as an individual how we all do bringing home the gold <laughs> absolutely we are bringing home the gold and a koala but <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be weighing down the plane coming home we are All taking <laughs> as a special service we are taking requests to bring home koalas or kangaroos um we will put a price on that but we will bring one home um just d send us a message dm us um and we will bring one um depending on the size and how cute they are is going to affect the cost, but we will be bringing them back. Don't tell the U.S. Customs, please. Also, for the one I bring home, I will be taking name requests. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I want one of those um, quokkas or whatever the thing was called. Oh, the quokkas are so cute. That sounds fake, but okay. No. Oh, oh my we'll, gosh. We'll after we're you. done with this, we'll show you. It's all the right. most adorable thing. They smile all the time. It's, I'm it's convinced incredible. that Australia is another world, and there's just a bunch of stuff over there I don't know. So. Essentially, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, this has been awesome. Nice chat with you guys. We'll see you later. See you next time. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter. <laughs>